back to the 7Dev Podcast. I'm your host, Christian Freeman. So it's been a week, actually it's been a couple of weeks at this point since I last recorded an episode of the podcast, and that's because I was on my honeymoon. Sorry for the delay, but I think I got a good episode today that people find very interesting, which is the art of code review. We're going to talk about the importance of code reviews. First off, why do we even do it and what happens when we don't do it? How to effectively do code reviews, both using the tools that we have is things like GitHub and all kinds of other tools and also just from a sort of, I don't know, way to do it mentally, how to be a good reviewer and things like that. And we'll cover just a couple of other grab bag things around code reviews. So if this is your first time listening to the podcast, the idea behind the 7Dev podcast is that we cover all things related to hacking the software development process. So in past episodes, we've talked about tools, best practices, things that I'm using to improve my software development day to day, and also how to get into the field using tips and tricks to save yourself time and to be more productive. If you like the podcast, definitely subscribe. You can find us, well, wherever you found this podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, whatever you might use. And also make sure to follow us on social media. So on Instagram and TikTok and YouTube, we post daily videos as well as longer full-length courses on things like GitHub Copilot, as well as recently a lot of AI stuff. So how to build retrieval augmented generation tools. That's the newest course that we released. It's been pretty successful and people are finding it really interesting. You can find all of that at links.7.dev, which I'll put in the show notes for the episode as well. And with that, let's get into it. The art of code review, best practices, and all kinds of other stuff. So my first real experience with code review, I think that had a impact on how I thought about it and why I thought it was important, was working at my first full-time salary job as a software developer. I was working at a financial fintech startup as a full-stack developer, building Ruby on Rails applications. And it was the first time that I had really encountered code review on a large scale. So there was a lot of teams, both front end, back end, and then my team was this interesting full stack hybrid thing where we were off in our own world. And it was really common, not just for the code review that I was used to, which was like one or two people on my team. Before that, I had worked as an intern and literally worked with two other software developers. And the code review there was really, not that it wasn't important, but it just wasn't rigorous to the extent that I saw at this new job where there would be as many as five or six people reviewing code and really looking at it substantially. Does this A, do the feature that we intend for it to do? B, is it safe or secure? We were working in a fintech startup, so this stuff really mattered. And then C, was it from a sort of code perspective up to par with our sort of style guide and the things that we wanted to do as a company in order to write code that we could maintain in the future. And all of those things, I think, are really, in my mind, the three things that make code review important. And so we'll look into each of those in detail as we move on uh, through this episode. But it just is an interesting personal anecdote that before that time, especially in the early days of GitHub, where people were reviewing code using the pretty, like the, the tools that they had at that point in time on GitHub weren't as robust as they are now. And things were just a lot different back then. 
luckily the industry I think has evolved a lot on code reviews and things have gotten a lot better and the tooling around it is a lot better as well and we'll of course talk about that in this episode. So why do code reviews matter? I think the anecdote I just told really illustrates some of the important stuff of why it really matters but at a high level I think there's just a couple things that it that code reviews cover that really make a big difference. First is that idea of does it actually meet the requirements, uh, the functional requirements or the feature request that this code is designed to solve. And it turns out that when you get to the point of having code that is being reviewed, right, like you're either looking at a new UI component or you're looking at a new API route, that is one of the first times where you could say that the developer comes up for error. And that's a great opportunity for looping someone in who understands the functional requirements of the project and making sure that the code you've written actually does what it's supposed to do. And I think that sometimes when we're writing code, it can be really hard to translate from the code that we're writing into explaining the functional requirement connection. So taking the time to write good commit messages, which is something I've covered on on Instagram and, and YouTube. I have a short that I'll link that talks about how to do good commit messages. That sort of translates to good pull request descriptions and saying, hey, this pull request covers this functional requirement and it does so in this way. Makes it really important uh, for people to do good code review and, and make sure that the things you're saying in that pull request description are true. The next is knowledge sharing. So that takes a couple different forms. One, when someone reviews your code, so say another person on your team, you worked on a new UI component, and so someone else on your team gets the chance to look at your code, it helps them stay up to date on what is actually happening in the project. One of the worst things you can do as an engineer on a team is to ship a bunch of new stuff, new components, new pages, new API routes, whatever that may be, and then have a situation in the future where another engineer has to come and look at that code and realize this is the first time they've ever seen that code. Whether there's a bug with it or there's some new feature they need to add. If it's the first time that they've seen this part of the code base, it's going to be really hard for them to get up and running. And so knowledge sharing through code review is super important. It allows people to stay up to date with what's going on. It may even allow them to contribute through sort of small changes requested or things like that to feeling like they actually have a sort of piece of that in their brain. If they say, hey, the syntax of this isn't quite right, change it to this. Well, then hopefully in the future, they can come back and say, oh, that was the thing that had maybe a slightly different syntax than what we wanted. I remember looking at this. I can understand what's going on. So knowledge sharing there is really important. And from the other perspective, it's a great way for other people on your team to help you understand how things are written in the code base. So say your team has a style guide or something like that. That's a good way for you to understand maybe through code review and someone suggesting changes that we don't write functions like this, we write it like this. Or we don't tend to use case statements like this. We use if else, else if in this way. And so that's another way that knowledge sharing in code reviews can be helpful. And the final category is the obvious one, which is quality assurance preventing bugs, security issues, whatever that may be. Being able to have someone look at your code and say on an API route, hey, this is uh, you know completely missing any sort of authentication. It's missing any sort of security check or whatever. It's much better to catch that, obviously, in code review than to catch it in production. 
And so making sure the code actually gets reviewed for that sort of thing is, is really helpful. Now, I think one thing that's changed is there's a lot of tooling that didn't exist, say, five, ten years ago for doing that. So in the GitHub world, in that whole ecosystem, there's a ton of automated security checks. There's all kinds of CI workflows and GitHub actions and stuff like that that can help with that. And to me, that all counts as a form of code review, even if it's automated. If you have some sort of check that says, hey, we can't merge this PR until you fix this security issue, all that stuff is super important. So moving on, let's talk a little bit about how to do a good job as a reviewer. How do you conduct effective code reviews? And uh, I think that there's a couple steps here. So first is the sort of preparation phase. Second, is what do we do when we're actually reviewing the code? And then finally, what's the sort of post-review process? So let's start with preparing for a code review. I think the two biggest things you need to do, they might seem straightforward, but you'd be surprised how many people don't do these things. First is to actually set aside dedicated time for code review. That doesn't mean that you have to block off time on your calendar, though if you are a lead engineer, I actually know of many engineers and you know senior or lead roles on a team that will do this where they have a dedicated time on their calendar where they are just reviewing code. doesn't have to be that prescriptive, but I would say that when you're reviewing code, it should be your primary focus. So close chat, close whatever YouTube video you have going, whatever that may be, and just focus on reviewing code. And that can be a really helpful way to make sure that you're actually doing a good job reviewing and you're not missing stuff. The second thing is to understand what this code is supposed to do. And, and that goes back to the functional requirements. So if a pull request shows up, in your inbox and it doesn't have any sort of description about what the functional requirements are, you may want to ask the developer to add that before it can be properly reviewed. Or if that's not possible, you may just want to take some time ahead of time to connect the dots and say, what is this JIRA ticket that this solves? Or what what sort of API are we needing? Where What does this sort of have to do with what the direction of the application is at a higher level? So taking the time to understand that ahead of time can make it a lot easier to sort of reason about the very sort of low-level, intricate parts of what the code is supposed to be doing. Now, during the review. So this is probably the trickiest part, and this is something I think that is something that junior developers probably struggle with because they're not familiar with it. How do I be a good code reviewer? And this is something that just takes practice. It requires a lot of repetition. How do you actually identify things that are wrong with an application, with a pull request? How do you give good feedback? and stuff like that. Some of this is just getting better as a developer and some of it is that sort of soft skill, like people skill sort of thing. There are certainly a lot of people who are very good at reviewing code, looking at it and saying, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong, but they're terrible at doing it in a way that uh, helps people get better at development, just makes them feel bad and they feel afraid to ask for code review, which is not a good place to be in. That's where things tend to really go wrong. And there's also people who are way too nice when it comes to code review and are scared of offering any sort of feedback that actually is constructive and makes people better developers. So there's certainly a sort of middle ground that you have to try and reach. And it's something that takes time for you to actually do a good job of. There's also a 
degree of, I guess this, I, I would imagine I'm not the only one that runs into this, but if you are reviewing a pull request and it's 2000 lines of changes, it is really easy to just start, I guess, losing focus and finding that it's not, uh, you're not doing the same level of kind of rigorous review that you should be doing. And so figuring out how to do that and taking breaks or like chunking that review process in a way where you don't lose focus is really important as well. When I review PRs, what I tend to do is obviously, like I said earlier, block off time. And then I like to review things kind of file by file. GitHub has a really great way of doing this where as you're reviewing a pull request, each file that you review, there's like a checkbox at the top of the file uh, window that you can check and it'll actually hide that file. Now the issue with that is that GitHub doesn't always show things in the right order. So you may end up reviewing a bunch of files without seeing kind of the core, say API endpoint or something. You may end up reviewing everything else related to that before you actually get to that sort of meaty part of the pull request. And so you just have to be aware of that as you walk through it that, okay, I still haven't seen the bulk of this here. This is like a decorator. This is some sort of utils file. Like none of this stuff matters as much as the core thing. But if you review it file by file, it is an easier way of not spacing out during the review process. I think that's probably the most dangerous thing you can do as as a reviewer. When it comes to something I think has been a debate in the industry, especially based on the way that GitHub has implemented pull request review, is this idea of is it appropriate to request changes versus just commenting when something is wrong? I tend to take the approach that there is nothing inherently wrong with requesting changes. It used to be there was this like big red icon that would appear when someone requests changes and there was this whole controversy about whether that makes people upset and sad and all that stuff. I tend to think that was a, a pretty ridiculous thing that people got in a big debate about. You shouldn't take your code reviews that personally where if something needs to be changed that it's, I don't know, causing you to not be able to write any more code. It's totally appropriate to request changes if something needs to be changed. Now, if there's stuff that is very minor, I do think that there is an interesting way that developers can, over time, intuit whether that kind of minor stuff is something that needs to be a request changes level review versus just like a, here's something that you might want to fix in the future, but it's not a blocker. And being able to figure that stuff out, I think, is really important. And then finally, I would say, especially when it comes to junior developers, code review is one of the best times to help people, encourage them when they ship something that's substantial. So if you have a junior developer on your team and they have a pull request and it actually covers the functional requirements, it does what it's set out to do. Even if there's things that need to be changed, it's actually a great time to be encouraging and say, hey, nice job. This actually solves what we want. It's a great addition to the project and stuff like that. And I think that's a great way to, to be supportive and be helpful on a team during the code review process. So once you're done reviewing, Obviously, there's a couple stages after the fact that are important. If you request changes, it's important, obviously, to follow up when those changes have been implemented. So if you say, hey, this is no good, can you change the way that we do this to be in this way? And then the developer later in the day makes that change, then the next day you should come back and review it again and and actually follow up and make sure that things are done the way you want them to do. And it can also be a great way to, like I said earlier, stay in touch with the overall health of a project. So say, for instance, if you are doing a lot of review and you find that things are constantly 
not just with one developer, but like across the team not going well, that would be a great way to, after the review, summarize your thoughts and say, hey, I feel like we as a team can do better writing code. I've noticed in all of these uh, reviews I've done recently that there's this issue and this issue. So taking the time to process what you're reviewing after the fact is super important as well. It doesn't mean spend the rest of the day like dwelling on the code review you did, but sometimes you'll find that in that sort of post-review state of mind, there's some interesting insights to be gathered. So the last thing I want to cover is the tech of code reviews. As I said earlier, I think GitHub in particular has helped a lot of developers, I know myself included, in figuring out how to do code review effectively. It used to be that you would basically see a pull request there would be some code and you would at least get a diff view in GitHub and see how changes happened. But there was basically just a long list of comments that was like, hey, in this file, change this to this. Hey, on this file, et cetera, et cetera. And one thing that's changed recently that I think is awesome that has really improved the quality of life for people reviewing code is the ability to comment line by line and highlight things in GitHub. In addition, also suggest things directly in the pull request. I actually use this a lot. So if there's an opportunity where I want to rewrite something in the pull request and say, it should actually be like this. It'll be easier for us to maintain. There is an opportunity to go in and actually change that code inside of the GitHub UI. And then the person writing the code, like the owner of the pull request, will see a suggestion which they can just implement in line and it'll create a new commit in the pull request with those suggestions. Now, I would say you shouldn't use this all the time if there's an opportunity that like the developer needs to learn how to do that stuff better. I've definitely been in situations with teams where although it's actually just easier for me to suggest the code and say, nope, it should look like this, it should look like that, that person honestly needed to have the opportunity to go through and implement the changes themselves so that we knew as a team that they actually understood what the change was and and why it mattered. So although that option is available and it's great that GitHub has that option, I wouldn't necessarily use it all the time depending on the situation and depending on what that particular developer needs for growth in their career. The other thing I mentioned earlier that I think is really exciting is the ability for, say, automated checks to help the review process, whether that's style guide stuff. So things like in the Ruby world, that used to be uh, RuboCop. And in JavaScript, I know ESLint is the big one. Having that stuff be automated inside of the review process so that the developer can see, hey, uh, there's a a lot of linting problems inside of your code base, and uh, we can't accept it until it matches the style guide. Pushing for consistency there, I think, is really important. And it also removes the uh, need for other people on the team to be the annoying person, even though it's obviously not annoying. It's, it is helpful, but it can get a little frustrating, I think, for some people to have to be the one that harps on linting stuff all the time. Same with security, same with all that kind of stuff. Having that be automated is really useful. So going to the GitHub store, looking at the actions and workflow, what are the most popular workflows out there for JavaScript projects or Ruby projects or whatever, can help you understand what those options are out there for things you can do. So all that stuff is super helpful. I also think that some of the new AI tools can be really helpful here as well. 
So GitHub Copilot has a great feature where you can highlight code and basically send it to Copilot and it will tell you potential problems with your code. So having that sort of review, it's a informal review process because you're not actually sending it to a member of your team yet. But doing that ahead of time and having that interaction with an AI that can check your code and stuff like that can be a useful way to get some initial review before you send it over to, to other people on your team. So all that stuff, I think, is the future of code review is, is very bright and it's certainly gotten better in the last five or 10 years versus when I first opened a pull request on GitHub for the first time and it, it wasn't the best process in the world. Things continue to get better and I'm sure there's going to be a lot more innovations on that front. And I know that in larger teams like Google and stuff like that, they're continually trying to find the best way to do this because they're reviewing probably tens of thousands of pull requests a month. I actually don't, I don't know what the number is, but I would guess it's something large like that, whether that's automated or manual. And so being able to do all that stuff and do it in an effective way is obviously still a work in progress. And I think we get better as time goes on. So I'd love to hear about your experience with code reviews. If you want to reach out on Instagram, I linked my Twitter as well. It's just Christian F underscore on Twitter. Definitely let me know what are the goods and bads of your code review experiences. And I hope you found this interesting. I think that this is a topic that doesn't seem that interesting to talk about when you think about it at a high level, but there's actually a lot of interesting nuance to it. And especially the way that it's changed in the last couple of years makes it an interesting topic and something we can all continue to get better on for sure. So check out links.7.dev and I'll put a bunch of links in the uh, description of the podcast as well. For things you can check out, we have daily videos and courses, as I mentioned at the beginning of the episode. I if you want to learn more about full stack development and all kinds of other things in the world of software development. Thanks so much for listening and I'll see you in the next episode.